T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Time now for Ken and Curtis with Ken Laird and Chris Curtis on WEEI. Christmas theme continues even through the Ken and Curtis show. All the beloved people back together in one room again. Curtis, how are you? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Good uh, job by Shime on the solo work. I got to say that, first of all. And last week, filling in for me when I was uh, ill and some people were rooting for my death, but <laughs> that probably continues. That's fine. Uh, Shime did a great job last week. Yeah, I, it's so weird. I was walking in and I was thinking, was that last week? And it's just... We are we are in the um, knee deep in the teething phase at home. I've got a couple left, so um, and uh, it is the weeks and the you just don't know where you are. You, as you put it to me, the first six months are just a blur, and you are spot on. Mm-hmm. And they're all flying out today to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. So got everything organized, and now I'm here with you, and they're schlepping like Jess's got like fifty things to carry to Logan, but we'll all make it, and then I'll fly out Wednesday. And you're leaving, oh, you're leaving Wednesday, Wednesday, after the show? Wednesday, no, so my, initially that was the plan, but as you know Jeez, these days, with, to me. with airlines, they just change the schedule on a moment's notice with no real reason, so yeah. initially I was flying out at 2.30 Wednesday, now I'm flying out at 10.30, so uh, you will hear the dulcet tones of Wiggy and uh, Jackson, I think, Wednesday. Oh, great. Um, well, hey, listen, I want to start with um, addressing the changes here at EEI. I know many of you have thoughts on them. They were announced officially yesterday. The company had a press release. You can check that out at WEI.com. Let me address them here you know, as best I can. What happened? Basically, we had two host contracts that unfortunately were not renewed, Mutt and Lou. And the Lou situation has a good ending. Thrilled we were able to keep him in a new role here. He will be basically Sox Emeritus. Um, you know, along with Bradfoe, he's going to be a Sox insider for us. But beyond that, he's going to be going to spring training. He's going to be doing 10 spring games. He's going to be in the booth for 60-plus with Joe, Will. Hopefully, Sean is back. Looks like that's going to happen as well. Uh, we'll see. And um, and Lou will be, you know, a Sox insider for us. He'll also be available on all the shows across the station whenever Sox and MLB news breaks. So you're going to hear uh, plenty of Merloni, and that's awesome. 15-year talk show run. Um, fantastic. And it's great to hear that he's excited about the new role. I think, you know, it took him a little time to come around to it, obviously. Not an easy uh, discussion there, but... Lou is, I think, excited, as you heard him talk about this week, to just focus on baseball year-round. He is outstanding, obviously, in the booth. He is going to help our Red Sox coverage a ton. Mutt uh, is the toughest part of the whole deal. Unfortunately, as you heard Mutt announce this week, he is out. Curtis and I have worked with Mutt for a long time. He is a good, good guy, a really good host. 
His departure is just a business decision, not a reflection of Mutt's work at all. Um, you know, not much I can say without sounding insincere about it, but um, one thing I am certain of is that he's going to be fine. He's going to land on his feet. I have no doubt about that. It sucks. That's a certainly a hard message to deliver. I wish we could have kept him, but that's the business, and we just have to move on as best we can. And because of those departures, Lou and Mutt leaving their respective shows, we reshuffle the deck a little bit. Fresh and Fourier are going to launch on January 3rd from 10 until 2. And I think they're going to be a great listen. Two very talented guys, two radio veterans. Uh, there'll be a new pairing, so it'll take some time like all new shows. We've had reboots already. Curtis, as you know, across the station, it's never easy. No. But, uh, and that's not the plan, believe me. But in this business, it's, it is no, you know, somewhat normal, unfortunately. But I think those two guys are going to come together and have a great run. And hopefully they're together for a long, long time. And, you know, it, it's, this industry is brutal. Um, and, you know, I've been in radio either as an intern or whatever since I was a senior in high school. And you see decisions, you see things made, you see people that you love off the radio growing up listening to the radio. Things change with shows that we've been a part of. Yep. Our old show with Mutt and Jerry, I was in Hawaii. We were, <laughs> the station was creating a whole, like, scene at a downtown nightclub where we had this whole plot that we were developing, and I wake up to 50 text messages, 50 phone calls six hours earlier that the show that we had been a part of was no longer. And one thing, you know, that sucks also about this industry is that you don't, you just basically stop working with people. Yeah. And then when you stop working with them, your schedules are totally different. And people you literally spent, I would say, more time with your family, more time than anybody else, you immediately are just, that relationship is severed. And it's never the same because you're never day-to-day doing a day, daily talk show. Yep. You and I, can have a different relationship. I'm very grateful for this show. But we worked every morning together for five years. And we were as close as – I was as close with you as anybody in my life. And then you get promoted to a job, and it just things change. And yep. so with Mutt, uh, I had some of the most amazing moments of my life doing radio with Mike Butnanski. He is a genuinely good person, and he is incredibly talented, funny, all those things. But most importantly, he's self-deprecating, which in this industry is rarely, as a commodity, rarely found. And, uh, you know, I hate that I haven't talked to Mutton forever, and I just wish him well. And I know, as you said, things will land well. But, you know, if you're listening in the car and you're thinking or you're viewing this thing as, as Ken, I love Ken more than anybody. <laughs> To sit back and think that Ken Laird is in charge of making these decisions and these are edicts that he had implemented, I think would be somewhat missing the point. And I just am, you know, I, I'm disappointed about how this industry is. I think it's an undervalued industry still. It's incredibly popular. This station is doing incredibly well. Maybe the best book we've had in five, six years as a station. Yeah. yeah. So these decisions are, are tough, but I just wanted to um, express my feelings on Mutt in general and you as well. That it's um, a tough business, and uh, I share your belief that Mutt will land on his feet just fine. Yeah, that is the tough part. I mean, we're going to have a good book coming out in the fall uh, when, when the numbers are released across the day part, and that includes with Rich in the 10-2 to 2 slot. Rich Keefe is going to go to Knights and do Sox pregame. He is going to be a huge part of the EI brand going forward. He's not being put out the pasture. That is an important time slot. He's going to be on before games, after games. And what I'm excited about for Rich, he's going to have his own show really for the first time. He's going to be the leading conversation guy on the show He'll run it the way he wants to. I think it's a growth opportunity for him. I know he's disappointed about leaving the Gresham Keefe show because they have done some really good stuff. 
But, you know, I think that's going to be a great opportunity for him to carry the show and be a number one guy the rest of his radio career. So I know he's going to make the most of that out of that. He's going to be on a lot. I know he's disappointed, as many of you have expressed, about that show being broken up. And, of course, the other sad news is John Anderson, the midday producer, has decided he's going to leave. So really sad to hear that. He has worked his butt off for a lot of years and built up Gresham Keefe over the last two. He's come up through our ranks as an intern, which, you know, you love to see. And a prominent role. He's a talented guy. He will be missed. Certainly wish him the best as he moves on. So, you know, to summarize, it's a business. We were left with some tough choices, and here we are. I get it. Some people do not agree or we don't want to voice their opinion on it. Um, you know, we hope you give the new lineup a shot, and we did our best to keep everybody together that we could keep with the best roles for them. And that is, that's the changes. Yeah, and the thing is, is that is so, um, that this industry, this this brand of, of media is so personal. And the relationships that are developed between the hosts and the people at the day parts that they have been established at is yep. real. So it's yep. literally like you're driving to work with Rich or with Mutt or coming home from work with Mutt. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's just, it's it's really difficult. And I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that these all work out for the best. And I, and I hate that bad news has to be delivered. But as I said, it's this industry. If you look across any media network at any place in the country right now, unfortunately, the, the, the economy is such that there are a lot of decisions being made that are difficult about uh, the cost of di- different programs and different networks, but hopeful that this will all uh, be something that we'll look back on as a, uh, a good decision by the station and that Mutt and others are able to uh, thrive elsewhere. And Mutt is going to continue through Thursday of this week, so um, you know he's certainly earned that right to have some shows and you know don't know if he'll have information on where he's going next. Maybe he can deliver that to his fans, uh, but you know either way, um, a, a great run from, from Mutt here and wish him the best. I hear, baby, it's cold outside, and now I just start <laughs> crying because of that rendition. All right, Kenny Curtis off on a uh, yeah, kind of a sad note, and um, that's the changes. So we're here till 1 today, and Bradfoe's in 4 to 6 today to have you vent about the Red Sox. Arcan will be in 1 to 4 as well in between. We get the NFL football later today, including the big one, Miami and Buffalo tonight. I'm sure we'll be talking to a lot of Patriots here today. Curtis? Yes. Nick LaPan is back with us here on this Saturday. He's got your Christmas tunes, and he has your trending update right now. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella. The Fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 
at Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. It is jaw-dropping. Yeah. And, and it was interesting because we had Castle on. I'm not sure if you're listening to today's version, if it's out yet. But in that, Castle was saying, look, how, why did it take this long? Yep. And my answer to Matt was, well, it's Bill Belichick. If you're a second-year free agent with the team like Kendrick Bourne or a second-year quarterback, Bill Belichick at 70 with nine Super Bowl appearances and six Super Bowl rings tells you, I got it. You believe he got it. It only is after a litany of weeks upon weeks in which the offense is stagnating and the same mistakes are being made on the offensive line and the same alignment and pre-snap issues are being committed and there's disengagement, it seems, among offensive linemen and disconnection in the play calling and where guys end up that you start to say, okay, you know what? I thought that our quality control was a little higher, but it's not. So now I'm going to pipe up. And that's, it is, it's beyond eye-opening to me. Tom E. Curran, he is echoing what several have this week, that there are some issues with the Patriots in terms of chemistry. Team meetings have been alluded to, Curtis. It's been an interesting week. They did win a game Monday night, 27-13. They are in a playoff spot as the seven seed. They have a patsy of an opponent this week. They will beat the Raiders tomorrow. Oh, they're going to lose tomorrow. What? First game of the year that I – well, first game that's been a tight sort of uh, pick em window game that I think they're going to lose. They, they, there is – I know Costos yesterday with uh, the Greg Hill show was very bothered by my mocking of his dismissal of the Patriot assistant coach's success. I believe they are 7-3 and three in 10 games against Bill Belichick. All with inferior teams, by and large. Well, what, are, you, are you talking specifically about Patricia? You got Mangini, yep. Patricia, um, Bill O'Brien. Because Bill was 5-1 and one against O'Brien. S- Belichick had a good record against O'Brien. Like he, or maybe there's three. O- O'Brien on the And he had a good record against Mangini, who he struggled with is Vrabel. Vrabel's doesn't count. You don't count Vrabel? No, he wasn't a coach. And B-Flow. B-Flow got B-Flow, four straight times, I think. Patricia 1-0. Josh McDaniels 1-0 yes. against Bill Belichick. And I just feel as though... Maybe Cornell once. The, well, you, the, count, you count Romeo? Mangini won against the Bill with the uh, Browns in a crazy game with that big yep. fullback. Yep. Um, but the, the thing that I watch this weekend is who has more to gain, more to lose? And McDaniels can salvage that awful taste in his mouth after that diabolical loss to <laughs> Baker Mayfield on Thursday he night football. can? I don't think so. If they win lost this... four epic collapses. Right, but they had won four straight games or three straight games leading into that game. I, so, I don't think you recover. By, they, beating, they're, they're by right beating the Patriots, I don't think they recover from the disaster of a seat. People had them going to the Super Bowl right, as a super pick. Five and eight. You did? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, I had the Packers, so we're even. Um, and I had John o. Smith having a breakout year again. Um, but they, I think they're they're five and eight, right? They have four games Five left. and eight. So they win this game. They're six and eight. The Patriots are seven and seven. And then they're one game out of having this spot that the Patriots have. Yeah, I guess that's true. And the Patriots, you know, are going to lose at least two more down the stretch. They're not winning more than two. And they're not beating the Bengals, the Bills, and the Dolphins. But the Jets and the Chargers are also seven-win teams going into this weekend against Lions and who, Titans? Right. There's, there's a huge, huge just group of just a cluster of mediocrity in the AFC. <laughs> But I think tomorrow the Patriots are not the more talented team. 
The have you seen the Raiders secondary? Have you seen that defense? Uh, uh, did the did you see the Cardinals secondary? Baker Mayfield showed up three days before the game and went down the field on okay. him. Zing zang zoom. If, if you want to really do this, I mean, for fifty minutes of the game, the, they held the Rams to three points, I believe, and then they choked. Of course. Right. For the fourth time. Nobody's saying they can't choke. The Ram, the Raiders also have two walk-off wins like you do. I mean, they had a, a – didn't Jacobs have a walk-off win, run, and then did. they had another one the did. week before. So, yep. And they're lost – they've had a bunch of close losses. Titans they lost in the final seconds. They had a couple brutal early season losses. So Josh McDaniels spent the last 18 years under the thumb of Bill Belichick with a brief hiatus in Denver and St. Louis. Yep. That develops this incredible amount of resentment and anger that you're able to channel into a game plan. Don't you think Bill is resentful and angry that McDaniels left? I don't think Bill is checked. He's checked out. Early checkout. The guy is like... He's having team meetings. He's as focused as ever. Bill Belichick this season has made the people like you who are like, oh, looks like Tom Brady misses that discipline in New England. <laughs> it's like Club Med. Wait, I heard you this week praise Bill for his end-of-game ability, right after yes. the game, for his ability to win games that other coaches blow, like Bill, Cliff Kingsbury. Correct. Bill Belichick in-game coaching is still the very best. I'm talking about the off-field, preseason, no-days-off Bill. That guy is in Barbados somewhere. He is never coming back. I don't know. I think he's. I think this Mac Jones stuff got under his skin this week and if he was if he was ever in coast mode that woke him up i've be- heard the answer he gave to greg this week yeah and then yesterday said i already addressed that i i was pissed i have vacillated more than anybody in america on this topic and i now firmly agree with your original take oh, that good. that bill belichick wanted no part of mac jones he was fine with it but it was a robert Kraft decision because this whole relationship we are now a year and three quarters of the way into this quarterback coach situation. Mm-hmm. And it is as bizarre as I've ever seen it where he, all it would take from bill. I recognize it's difficult mid season to change coordinators and all these things, but bill's done things like this in the past. Like all the, the, the relationship with the quarterback and the play caller is untenable. Yeah. But he McDaniels was here so long. I think he forgot. How long was he actually calling plays? Cause when did O'Brien leave the first time? Uh, so McDaniels was here 15 years. Obviously, he wasn't calling plays that I think long. McDaniels was two years in Denver and then a year in St. Louis. So like 2012, 2013. Two years in St. Louis, two years in Denver. So, so you years. get used to that, and then I think you, I think Bill probably felt like eh, it's not that big of a deal. And he's had a wake-up call this year that right. it was a bigger deal than he, he warranted, and he regrets that, and he's going to go after Bill O'Brien next year, I think. I don't think so. I, I would bet another, uh, let's bet, lunch at 110 Grill that, that Bill O'Brien is not back. But it's it's closer to being a success than it is to being in disarray. I, I just, I don't know. I the whole, the whole Bedard report, which is it was a joke. Bedard sucks. but I, And I hate it because he had a really good report that I wanted to use, but I couldn't <laughs> use it because I was mocking his reporting. So, But if he was right about that, then this game should mean as much to Bill's future. If Kraft really was sitting there saying... We might fire Bill and go in a different direction if they lose to Arizona. It's not going to happen. And he would still think that this week. But you, you and I both agree that's not going to happen. Not going to happen. Okay, so and they're fine. So, so Bill is going to be here. I agree Bill's going to be here. They're in a playoff spot. But why, why is he still trying to fit this round peg of Patricia into the hole that doesn't fit? You heard him. He said to you, it's just too late to make massive changes. He I said know, that on the Greg Hill show. I understand that. But it, it doesn't look like it's getting better. It looks like it's getting worse. 
Why does it? Why does it look like it's getting worse? Because we have now had consecutive games on national television where Mac Jones has openly chided, dismissed, sworn at the play caller. Eh. But they also hit Hunter Henry for a couple of big passes. Right. They also had rookie running backs delivering. Ken, I'm not saying that I they didn't I'm not saying the they game. were an awesome offense and like clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, they have some issues. What did you think about the overblown. play call at the end of the first half? <laughs> the fumble draw play. <laughs> what was that when Mac fumbled it? Yeah. Uh, and that uh, somehow, by the way, sneak, two sneaky great Mac plays. The avoiding of the sack on the first drive of the second half. The first play of the second half, there's a free rusher coming at Mac. Yeah. Every other time this year, I would say his biggest issue has been not feeling the pressure. And he evades it, throws an incomplete pass. They go 75 yards for a touchdown or a yep. field goal. The tie of the game with the field goal. And the other was the end of the, the final play of the first half before the field goal. He There's three Cardinals that are around a ball, and somehow Mac, little Mac Jones jumps in. <laughs> but and that was it. probably Mac's fault. And I, mean, I can't defend him there. It looked like he pulled it out too soon. I oh, it was bizarre. I mean, I'm not saying whose fault yes, it was, but the, but the ability to get it back there. Huge but, field goal. Huge field goal. Double score. And the Cliff Kingsbury going for it. Although, Colt McCoy, if he has an arm, like, (laughs) what a horrible pass. Jelani Tavai was like, are you really throwing this in my And he had Hollywood Brown a couple times open, and he dropped one. So, I I agree. It was not perfect. Could have been worse. It wasn't that it wasn't perfect. The offense was a punchline nationally again. Uh, That's a stretch. Uh, I got boomer sound. Well, they had a lot of screen passes. It was a struggle. Orlovsky is, like, weighing in about... Under center, not under center, getting into the weeds of you know what they're doing. But think about it big picture. Parker's out of the game. Jacoby Myers is out of the game. Connor McDermott is your right tackle. Trent Brown is having an awful season. Bill is still keeping it together and putting up 27 points, obviously seven of those from the defense, and beating an Arizona team on the road that a lot of people thought would win the game. I know Kyler Murray went out. It's not as bad as it seems. Ken, they, they win and they it were gets in a dogfight with a 4-8 and eight team who lost their starting quarterback on the first drive of the game. That game was over in the third quarter. It was not really a dog It was fight. over. Do you think they win the game if Kyler Murray stays healthy? <clears throat> He's been a space cadet this year, but probably, uh, maybe not. Okay, so they win a game they would have lost if not for the quarterback getting injured on in the first drive of the game. And now you're saying it's some, like, building block. Well, it is. I mean, he pulled them together. <laughs> they had injuries, too. This is what I hate about they the They had Patriots their top two receivers out, correct? Yes. Okay, the one, that's a big deal. Devontae Parker is a top 10 receiver in the NFL. <laughs> well, I, thought he could, I thought he had a chance. To <laughs> if he'd been healthy, I think, maybe. And by the way, he's out again tomorrow, so that is a concern. Do you know, like, I know this is a total aside, and it's, you know, it's a shtick of another guy in town, so I'm not stealing it, but drafting a running back in the first round is the dumbest thing you could ever do. Like, I literally, I knew Damian Harris was out of the game. I saw Harris in the game, and for the first couple drives, I'm like, oh, Damian Harris is back in. It's, they're all so replaceable. You mean Kevin Harris. Right. I oh, thought yeah. Kevin Harris was Damian Harris because oh, yeah. it was just, you know, whatever, late at night and I didn't know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, with the exception of, I mean, people think they should have took Chubb. You know, oh, okay, but in, in all sincerity, like, Saquon Barkley, one of the best running backs, you know, in college history, gets to the NFL and he gets injured every couple of years because that's what happens with running backs. Ramondre Stevenson is a revelation, tough guy. He gets dinged. Damian Harris, good running back, gets dinged. They all get dinged, and the guy that comes in 90% of the time is almost as effective. Well, but okay, but you would admit Belichick in particular has a penchant for getting running backs deep in drafts and contributing, and that's to his credit. He has a couple good draft classes here. No, I, I'm not they saying were all that. He doesn't. I, I, I look at what Casario's done in Houston. I, I start to wonder about maybe it was a no, good thing. I mean, totally. maybe he should have left earlier, but there was another poll this week. This week. That I was shocked at. Jackson put this out on the Greg Hill Show. 
And I was about to get him to reword it, and then I saw the results, and it was overwhelming anyway. So with the final four games, right, four games left, they have the uh, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins, Bills. Correct. What would you rather happen with the Patriots? Make the playoffs, lose in the first round, or no playoffs, blow up the team. Oh, my God. 1,300 votes, 55% said no playoffs, blow up the team. What is wrong with people? Incredible. I was shocked at that. I can't believe that either. I mean, I I know, like, the whole narrative of the, okay. the region it is spoiled. A, it wasn't Dominion voting systems. <laughs> Which, by the way, aren't they, don't they have a case against uh, Fox or something? <laughs> I think so, a uh, defamation case. Um, but you make the playoffs, who knows what can happen? If they make the playoffs, they're, they're playing the Chiefs or the Bills. Right. You can take the Chiefs out. It's possible. Do you really want to have another year with three games against the Bills? Wouldn't you want to? Sh- don't you want a shot at the Chiefs or the Bills? Don't you want that entertainment? Ken, from speaking selfishly, I want the Patriots season to go on as long as possible because it's good for business. So I hope they keep winning into the Super Bowl. And if they lose out, it's not going to get blown up. If they lose out, it, there will be massive changes. Not at the head coach, but the the power of the head coach will be altered forever. Because if they end the season at seven and. 10 after going 7 and 9 10 and 7 in the last two seasons. Now you're four seasons without a playoff win and the the singular thing which I have said the last two seasons is as long as there is growth and there is the realistic shot that you have your quarterback of the future then it's a wash. This year they have done things to alter that mm-hmm. because of the decision made for the play caller and for the seemingly tone-deaf nature to benching him in the middle of a Monday night game and to his desire to be coached harder on the offensive side of the ball. Those things are real. Okay, so what's Kraft going to do about it? Uh, He will demand. Well, the one thing he said, he said that Bill's earned the right to do things his way. Yes. I'm a results-based guy, and he's gotten the results. Okay. So the results are no longer there. All right, so what's he going to do? He's going to demand that they hire a new coordinator. That's good. That's actually. That's not blowing it up. That's what everybody thinks should be done. I think if you're removing power from Bill Belichick, there's the potential that he pulls the you know the button and says, "Okay, you're, you're in breach of my contract. I'm out." Well, God, if they if they don't make him change coordinators, even if they win out, then something's wrong. So that should happen no matter what happens at the last four games. That's uh, just a given. But what do you think that there is a 99 percent guarantee that Mac Jones is back as the starting quarterback next season? No. I wouldn't say that. So then maybe it's Bill wanting to bring someone else in or yep. Bill trying to. I mean, there's. Jimmy G, Aaron Rodgers. Jimmy G, you cannot. Lamar do. Jackson. Uh, Tom Brady. I, I would love Lamar Jackson. By the way, it's amazing to me the the national discussion that remains on Brady's future. Nobody loves Brady more than I do. You're like sick of it. I, God, you said the guy fell off a cliff this week. He He's. I, what's the point of playing if everybody has to be great around you? Like, you've already had a great career. Like, you're, this is, it's beneath him to, to keep trying to find why, a new team. But this is what, so we're going off on a Brady tangent, which I didn't, this is your fault, by the it's way. It's okay. Yeah. Why do you think he, why now are you bailing on him? Because he's got a team that sucks around him right now. They're in disarray. I'm not disputing that. But if Tom can no longer elevate people around him and he requires an all-star team to win, then it's negating all the work that he had done, which was his whole career. I don't think so, because you you still view it as it's, it's incredible. Neg- he's forty six, right. and he's it, it's not negating it. It just is. It, it's going to end so poorly. If you have to keep finding that at some point, you still can't win. 
despite being surrounded by great talent. He's proven it. Three years, he's going to have three playoff appearances, likely, five playoff wins, two losses, and a Super Bowl. Not to mention being second in the MVP last year at 44. I mean, he's pretty much proved his point. If he's now 46, 47, 48, and he's single and he doesn't have any you know issues with playing, I am just concerned that it's it just it's it's everything that I love that Jordan left with two three peats. Yeah. I know he came back for a couple of years with the Wizards, but but that's a weird view. He could go somewhere where there's another dream team and win a Super Bowl again. So you're afraid he's going to look bad for another year. I understand that fear. No, I. He, but the first one, uh, once again. The over-under on wins for the Bucks and the Patriots was the same in 2020 when he won a Super Bowl. So it was by no means a dream team. Nobody thought it was. It was a punchline that he signed with the Bucks. Everybody looking back on it around here is butthurt using revisionist history. But this team this year, you know, the offseason, on, the, on paper it looked like, you know, you bring in Akeem Hicks, you sign Julio Jones, you sign this guy Gage who was the up-and-coming receiver with the Falcons. Yeah. You bring back Ryan Jensen. You bring back all the um, – you bring in Shaq Mason. You know, LeGarrett, uh, I always say LeGarrett, Levante, um, who's the running back? Leonard Fournette. You bring in him. All these guys. You know, it was another year where they brought, They tried to keep it together. Tried to keep it together, yeah, and they did. And they didn't, but but it failed this year. But he Okay, so let's say he goes to the Raiders next year. That's another popular destination, whether McDaniels is there or not. They won't be a favorite to win a Super Bowl, but he could go there and overachieve based on preseason expectations, make them look better with Waller if he's back and... You know, all the great weapons, Devontae Adams, and then he still looks good. I mean, that's no, the still team that he credit. would go to is replace Purdy and go to the Niners. Well, I guess, but he holds a grudge. I, I saw, I don't know if you heard this this week, but we saw at the end of one of our shows, oh, yeah, you, you heard Jackson screaming Eucalyptus for no reason. <laughs> uh, I Nancy Brady posted from uh, Levi Stadium in San Francisco. Right. And they were in the last row. So if you're trying to woo what the Bradys, I don't think that that would be the case. So All right, well. So uh, let's go back to the other question, though, because I think this is interesting. Are you rooting for the Patriots to lose, to, to have a meltdown, so they then are forced to make changes? And do you actually believe that would cause Kraft to make drastic changes if they lose out? I will grant you there's a chance they could lose these games. They're, uh, Raiders are favored tomorrow, right, by one? One point. So it, the underdogs in all four of these games. And I believe I read somewhere that 83% of the money is on the Raiders. So, Which is just crazy. The, the, the guy. Also, Daniels you have to is, guess that it's in Vegas. So my guess is they have a lot of people, more people betting locally. If that makes yeah. sense. But anyway, um, yeah. I, I. But I think Bill Belichick is doing what Charlie Weiss told us years ago. He's working with his kids. It's all borrowed time. Right. He, so enjoy it. No, but he's not. <laughs> the bill, no days off bill is gone. And so what are you really getting here if you just make the playoffs again? You praised them this week for being a great game day coach who is winning games based, again, Connor McDermott, top two receivers out. He's winning games with Kevin Harris. Mac Jones is frustrated. He's got a mess of a coordinator situation. I understand it was his fault. But he is he's pieced together a playoff season out of a mess right now. And he somehow brought Mac back from the dead, which was a near disaster. But he's a victim of his own success. Because the reason why 55% of people who responded to the poll would rather the Patriots blow it up is because they know this is getting you nowhere. This is a road to, you know, one year maybe you get to this, you know, you win a playoff game. Well, that's, it. 
how did how long did the Bills go before, without winning a playoff game? Twenty years, right? And the Patriots fans went to the Super Bowl every other year for a generation. Okay, that's over. It's time to embrace the new current reality of an NFL team that struggles to make the playoffs every year. That should be fun. But you should pe- have some pleasure in that. I get it. I love it. I'll watch every Patriots game until I'm dead. But I, the people here don't have the patience for it. Uh, let me know six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I think you you just root, uh, if you're a good fan, God, you root for a win out or a two and two or three and one finish. In a playoff game, bring on the Chiefs. Bring on the Bills. Well, maybe not the Bills. That first match didn't go well. <laughs> but then you are getting a lot of the reporters who are kind of portraying it as doomsday scenario. Here's a little more uh, reaction this week. You heard Curran coming in. But here's Phil Perry discussing, what is this, uh, Nick? This is team meetings and... The offense, basically. It's the same thing Curran said, basically. Office on the precipice of disaster. Here's uh, Phil Perry. Uh, from you know, with my understanding going into this game, that the players were going to try to hold the coaching staff accountable to get the details that they need to be able to execute plays consistently and have success in a game like this one tonight because they knew that they'd been lacking in the details. And I think there was a sense of, okay, well, we can't let anything slide anymore. If there's something that we don't understand or if there's a detail we don't have, we need to ask that question. And it's not players pounding on the table necessarily or starting arguments or anything of that nature, but it is – Asking questions and understanding the why. And, you know, these are things that Mac Jones has told us throughout the course of the year. He wants to know what the purpose of every play is. He told us after the Bills game that he wants to be coached harder. Mm -hmm. He's not alone in feeling that way. And so I think they did push the coaching staff during the week. And I think, and it's pretty clear they were pushing him during the game, Mac Jones especially. Uh, so, so that is interesting. I, you're, you're right. You asked the question is, it, is Mac back 99%? I can't say that. There is part of me that wonders if there's a rift there and Bill being upset about the question. Bill, Is it fair to say Bill seemed upset about the emotion he's showing on the field? He doesn't like that. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing is, going back to the Monday night game, there are things that athletes take, you know, for whatever it was, Pedro, you know, staring down Duquette or, or Clement staring down Duquette. You know, there's just slights and perceived slights people have that they just carry for the rest of their life because – they are the most competitive people on the planet, and this stuff drives them. And Mac Jones, I'm not saying he's in that caliber of an athlete, Pedro or Roger, but that family was at the game. We know. They left at halftime. Mac's sister was there to the watch his team play on Monday Night Football. Yep. Mac gets replaced. They just were, you know, taillights or whatever it's called. They were out of out of route one right away. One way in, one way out. I don't know if you knew that. And <laughs> the um, and that whole situation could be irrevocably damaged the relationship. All right, what's your reaction to it? How the Pats finish here? How does it go? How do you want it to go? And do they win tomorrow in Vegas against McDaniels? And who's more, was you're saying, who's more motivated? Who has more to gain and lose by that game? More on the line is totally Josh. No, I don't think so. If they get embarrassed by Bill and they're now four, what are they, five and nine? Yep. uh, You might get fired? Well, I mean, speaking of which. They won't fire him. They put too much into him. There's a chance these teams switch quarterbacks this offseason. I, you know I like Carr. I was kind of pushing for him last year. Yeah, he He's a, a top 15 quarterback. <laughs> Great for the Herald. Used Carr. <laughs> it's Kenneth Curtis. This is WEI here until 1 o'clock. Arcan 1-4, to four, Bradford 4-6, to six, and NFL football coming up tonight, including Dolphins at the Bills with uh, Snowmageddon already. Oh, do you see this? Out there. It looks awesome. I mean, it's going to be a great night to watch football. CEI. We're back. Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. Mac, you mentioned after that Bills game that you were looking to be coached harder, and part of that involved having tough conversations, sometimes confronting the issues head on. 
Did you feel like the communication between the offensive players, yourself, and the coaching staff was different since that game leading up to this game? I think we've done a good job just trying to be on the same page and ironing out the details. So that's all you can ask is just doing the little things and talking with the coaches and players and doing all the little things right. Coach Tarter, Texter says, 240 Texter, Coach Tarter just means coached by someone that knows what they're doing. Probably a fair point there. I guess, I mean, do you think Bill's upset that Mac wants to be coached harder? I mean, is he upset by that? I can't think that pisses him off. Here's what I think Bill thinks. Who are you to question my approach? I'd think that if I were him. I mean, it's not his approach. It's Patricia. It's a direct shot of Patricia. Who hired him? Yeah, I know Bill did, but Bill has to acknowledge there's some effed up stuff going on there. How many people who have been decorated players here? have left and said that, you know, it's his way. You know, that's the way it is. It grinds you. It's difficult, but you're a better player because of it. And in this case, it's the first example where I can say you're not. You know, whether it was Weiss or Billy O or Josh, by and large, the players that were coached by them improved. By the way, you guys had Weiss on, was it two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. What was his... uh paraphrase his assessment of the situation he is very much so uh, there must be a relationship between his son and alabama i know his son worked there with saban Saban, so there he was actually surprisingly pro mac and not really that's right he loved mac coming out he loved mac coming out and that he needed more weapons basically that if you have better players they'd call better plays and that it's sort of based around the fact that they don't have speed and well speed or an offensive line the line is god it is a struggle because it doesn't hold up. I don't. I don't know. Perry went into this whole thing about how they're better under center, and the stats show it. Orlovsky was talking about that, but I understand. They why don't they... show it, by the way. I looked this up on Sunday night or Monday night. Monday night was the game, and or Tuesday was the day of the reaction. So I looked up the the un, under uh, under center in, in in the shotgun. Mac has a better passer rating, better QBR, better touchdown interception ratio as a shotgun passer both this season and in his career. Really? Yes. That's not what Perry wrote about. I mean, I, mean, I, he, I looked it up. I, I I went to the splits. I mean, profootballreference.org is never wrong. So I mean, I don't doubt you. But this was followed up with Bill Belichick and Mac Jones on some of these numbers. Jones says he has no preference shotgun versus center. Belichick says essentially it's a coincidence they've seen opponents where shotgun has made the most sense for them. But then he goes into they're using shotgun on 70% of their plays since the bye, but the numbers say they're more efficient with Mac Jones under, under center. So in Mac's career in the NFL, he has... Uh, 24 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, a passer rating of 90.8 in the shotgun. Uh, under center, he has seven touchdowns, eight interceptions, a passer rating of 84.9. Okay, well, it, I don't know. I don't know what the truth is, but I understand why you'd want to go shotgun with Connor McDermott as your tackle. And what are you going to do, play action? I mean, I guess they run the ball well at times, but... You well, want to get the ball out quick, quick passing game. That's all they can do. And also, if you're saying, you know, the running game is better under center, I would. I don't have the stats for that. I don't know if I, I'm not good enough on the old Internet to figure out the stats overall as a team and those two things. I'm sure they exist. But the the way it's discussed and the way the, the numbers break down do not meet. And there's all this – there's this deflection that exists with, with Mac with a lot of people especially Orlovsky for some reason, where it's impossible for me to take them seriously because it's such one-sided analysis. 
I watch Mac and I say, like, the game on Monday night, I thought he looked very good. He had a lot of sort of the, the ball had a little more zip to it. He was, you know, confident back rate. there. The spin rate was okay, but the, the battle <laughs> battle meter was a 10. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, obviously he's been dinged up a bit. But the reason I said zappy at the time was that the offense felt like it actually was a, a – It was clicking. I mean, yes. A system. Well, yeah, they were playing terrible teams. And you look at the Browns and the Lions now. We mocked those wins. The Browns beat Brady. The Lions are what? Well, everybody's beat Brady. <laughs> oh, that's true. I, I beat Brady. <laughs> Uh, the Lions are what six and seven right now. They're one game out of the playoffs yeah. in the NFC. They get, you got to root for the Lions tomorrow against the Jets. So it's just um, and the the other hope, by the way, by while this is top of mind for the playoffs, if that's something you're interested in, mm-hmm. you really need the Bills to win tonight. And if the Chiefs can slip up once, then the Bills have a two game lead on the final playoff spot because they have the head to head. Chiefs have the Texans tomorrow. I think that's ripe for an upset, personally. <laughs> Texans almost beat the Cowboys. But uh, if the Chiefs can drop one more and the Bills win out up until uh, the final game of the season, there's a likelihood that the Bills do not need that game to solidify Ooh, the first seat. There you go. I brought that up a while ago, and people were like, ah. Well, at the time, the Bills were one game out of the Chiefs, so it seemed unthinkable. But All right, now- so Chiefs, uh, Chiefs' final schedule was this. At Houston tomorrow, home games against Seattle on Christmas Eve, oh, no. Denver on New Year's Day, and then Vegas, at Vegas, week uh, 18, whatever that is. It's amazing. The NFL used to give that stuff to the Patriots. Now the, the Chiefs just get the cake at the end. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That's a, that's the a Seahawks are done. Well, it's supposed to be the toughest division of football. Not so much. All right, 617-779-7937. Talking about Pats winning out, losing out. What's the gain? What's to lose? McDaniels, the matchup tomorrow. Mac Jones, team meetings, disarray, all this stuff. Red Sox have had an interesting week. I want to work them in here as well coming up because... We've done this before the um, who's closer to a title, Red Sox or Patriots. It's an oldie but a goodie. I kind of like would yeah. like to dive back in there again. Um, Heim has had an interesting week. The Red Sox offseason has made me respect the Patriots approach more <laughs> in terms of not the recent approach, the overall approach of just not talking about what your plans are. Because I really believe if there is none of this like idiotic uh, behind-the-scenes movement to say that Xander Bogarts is a cornerstone guy who should never leave the organization. The feeling about the team is dramatically different. Yeah, it's it was more the PR spin on it, I think, than anything. But it just it set the table for the year. But it defied logic. Well, yeah, and then they sign Yoshida, who's that's a good signing. Like, yeah, people I think will be excited to a point about that. He's not a home run hitter, but he's you know could be a leadoff guy and a new left fielder and. The surrealness of Boris being at Fenway. Negotiating and, with Rodon. Yeah, and getting the Yankees pitcher signed up while they introduce him is tough. So, all right, we'll, break, we'll pick through that and the Sox plan and the Patriots finish. What, what Will there be a worse trade in your lifetime than the Mookie trade? Just because they DFA Jeter Downs? Well, th- now you have Connor Wong. Verdugo's going to take off this year. I mean, what a debacle. <laughs> it's not so bad. If they sign Devers, but let's get into it later. It's Kenny Curtis here on EA. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.